Well, good morning. Welcome to a new week here on Roadmap to Heaven as we enter into this second week of Lent. Having reflected upon the transfiguration of our Lord this past weekend in the gospel, we pray that we might be able to see a glimpse of his glory in this season of Lent as we look forward to the joy of the resurrection. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it is great to be with you this morning, and it's always a joy to spend some time with you on Roadmap to Heaven. We have a lot in store for you today. Zipper Zeppa is going to be with us in just a little bit here to talk about an exciting opportunity. If you like to enjoy a good movie from time to time, you'll want to hear what he has to say. We're also going to hear about a decision with eternal consequences. How much is your soul worth? Have you ever thought about that? How much is your soul worth? We're going to hear about the virtue of hope during this season of Lent, the ultimate tale of love. And we are going to visit the third station of the cross with Monsignor Eugene Morris. That's all ahead here on Roadmap to Heaven. But first, let's get you a check of today's weather. Today is the feast day of St. Isabel of France. Born in France in 1225, she was the sister of St. Louis and the daughter of King Louis VIII. Her father died when she was just two, and her mother provided her education, which included a deep journey with the Lord. Isabel loved to embroider as a little girl, and especially when it came to making priests' vestments. She sought spiritual direction from the Franciscans and developed a desire to give her life to the Lord, but because of the Treaty of Zendome, she was promised to Hugh, the Count of Lamont. However, she refused to celebrate the formal wedding. With the help of her brother, Isabel founded the Monastery of the Humility of the Blessed Virgin Mary. She lived there the rest of her life, turning down the offer to become abbess. While never becoming a nun, Isabel spent her time caring for the poor and those in need while looking after the nuns she lived with. St. Isabel, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Daily Offering God the Father, I thank Thee for creating me. God the Son, I thank Thee for redeeming me. God the Holy Spirit, I thank Thee for sanctifying me. Infuse into my thoughts, words, and actions Thy grace, so that they may be supernaturally pleasing to Thee and supernaturally rewarding to me forever. O blessed Trinity, abundantly assist me in becoming that which thou intended me to become when thou created me. For in thy perfection I will give thee the glory thou desirest of me, and in that perfection I will find my greatest joy in heaven. Amen. It's been a while since I have been to the movies, and it's mainly because there aren't that many movies that catch my interest and say, oh, you know, I really want to take the time to 
give up a couple hours, drive out there, be in a crowd, go see this, and then, you know, what what's the benefit for me? What's what's the payoff for my family? How does this help us become holier? Well, I'm really excited to share with you this morning that uh, there's another opportunity coming up. You've heard us talking about the Michelle DePong documentary, and I'm looking forward to that. But even beyond that, there's another opportunity for a movie that is going to help us be inspired, I say, to become saints just like saint francis xavier cabrini mother cabrini you have heard her called and did you know there's a movie that's about to come out about her life with us today the the guy that knows what's out there in the media better than anyone i know zipper zeppa founder of mater media and friend of us here on roadmap to heaven zip it's great to have you back with us Adam, great to be with you. Absolutely. Now, I remember a few months ago, you and I were catching up and you said, hey, you got to keep your eyes peeled. This movie is going to come out in early 2024. You're not going to want to miss it. It's called Cabrini. And you gave me the rundown, the, the who was involved in the making of this, why this is going to be such a great movie, that this isn't you know the typical movie you pick up at the, the Christian or, or Catholic uh, movie section that you know it's low budget, it's, it's you know, kind of hokey, uh, still inspiring, but like this is the real deal that's coming to a theater near you March 8th. That's right. The origin was a 91-year-old man. He's now 92, Eustace Wolfington on the East Coast. And he said, I want a movie made about the life of Mother Cabrini, and I want a masterpiece. I don't want one of these low-budget movies that are well-intentioned, but they don't influence anybody, and they're in the theater for like 10 minutes, and they don't do any good. So he went to Alejandro Monteverdi, the esteemed director of Sound of Freedom, Bella, other movies, um, and he said, look, make me a masterpiece. Here's $34 million. Can you use that? <laughs> so uh, I said, yeah, we can make a movie for that. So they went to Buffalo, New York. And they, they searched around for the right location to um, make a movie that looked like New York City because that's where Mother Cabrini came from Italy to work with the poorest of the poor. And that's how the movie got started. It's an inspiring story of what Mother Cabrini went through. In fact, I remember shortly after you called me, I was at a mass and uh, the homily was about Mother Cabrini. And I said, okay, I got to take some notes on this because I'm going to go see this movie and I, I need to compare how Father do. No, I'm just kidding on that. But I mean, it really is an inspiring story. So without giving out uh, too many spoilers, can you give us just a real quick recap of Mother Cabrini's life for those that don't know it? Sure. She was born in 1850 in Italy, and uh, she was frail. She wasn't expected to live. She had tuberculosis and almost died. She had smallpox and almost died. When she was 18, having survived those childhood illnesses, three different religious orders turned her down because her health was so poor. They said, you'll be a burden on the uh, order, and we just can't afford that. You know, find something else to do. And uh, so eventually she had to found her own order, the Missionary Sisters of the uh, Sacred Heart of Jesus, and um, she went to the Pope. She said, I want to go to China. I want to be a missionary. I want to evangelize the China people, the people in China that don't know Jesus. He said, Mother, I'm not sending you east. I'm sending you west. I'm sending you to New York City. So in 1889, she came to New York City with six sisters in her order to serve the Italian immigrants primarily who were being treated uh, like rats, as she said, uh, as he says in the movies, living in the slums, living in, in sewers, living in gutters, just horrible conditions. And that's how she started her missionary work in the United States. And then uh, that wasn't the end of the story, of course. <laughs> she overcame all kinds of obstacles and wound up founding 67 hospitals, orphanages, schools, institutions to serve people. 
What's the saying? You think you've got it tough? I, I think my life's a piece of cake compared to what you've shared with us about Mother Cabrini so far. Well, you know, Zip, we, we all look to the saints, and we find those saints that resonate with our lives, that inspire us. Why? Well, not just because we like good movies that we walk out saying, wow, I'm inspired to live a good life, but because we want to become saints. We want to get to heaven. And this is an extraordinary opportunity, not just for ourselves, but really to shape the culture. And I know that's something that's very important to you in the work you do with Mater Media, because anybody that's scrolled through any of the apps on their phone saying, oh, can we find something to watch as a family for movie night? It's getting harder and harder to find mm-hmm. good things to watch with a family. It's getting harder to say, wow, I, I'm excited for the impact this is going to have, not just on our circle, but on the culture at large. Yeah. And so, you know, to, to hear that someone said, here's $34 million, can you do something with it? Can you impact the culture? Can you tell her story? Wow. Uh, we, you know, let's pray that as many people as possible are impacted by this movie. Uh, but that's not all. I love these, but wait, there's more moments. You've got a special invitation for our listeners here in the St. Louis metro area. Well, Mater Media has bought out a lot of screens, thanks to our donors. So we've got a lot of free tickets around. I can't tell you exactly which tickets, which times, which days are going to be available. But if you go to our website, matermedia.org, send us an email. We'll uh, try to set you up with some free tickets. We're uh, getting tickets at uh, lots of theaters around St. Louis, a number of theaters, major theaters. Uh, They're going to be showing this movie starting on March 8th. And... um, Believe me, it's a masterpiece, Adam. You mentioned that uh, you know the the um, quality of movies is not very good. This is the the cinematography in this movie, the score, the lighting. It's amazing. It's Oscar worthy, and the intensity, of the acting is incredible. John Lithgow is in it, playing uh, uh, the mayor of New York City. David Morse plays the Archbishop of New York. Uh, Giancarlo Giannini, the great uh, actor from Italy, plays Pope Leo the Thirteenth, and Alejandro Mataverdi just draws the greatest performances out of these things. But the real, the woman that really steals the show is the woman who plays uh, uh, Mother Cabrini. Her name is Christiana Diala. She's not very well known here. She's uh, from Italy. And uh, she, her most recent role was as the wife of a mafia king in a uh, HBO series. And the king, the, the mafia guy gets killed and she becomes the queen of the mafia. So she goes from playing that role to playing Mother Cabrini. But she studied. She read The Imitation of, of Christ on set every day because that's what Mother Cabrini did to prepare for this role. And she crushes it. It's a tremendous acting performance, Oscar-worthy by Christiana Diala playing Mother Cabrini. Well, one more thing I, I want to share that people don't know. Uh, when M- Mother Cabrini was canonized in 1946, there was a young nun who was there who was greatly influenced by her life. And she left her order and formed another order and became known as Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa was deeply influenced by the life of Mother Cabrini. And um, not many people know that. I didn't know that. That could have been our catechism right there this morning. And uh, <laughs> maybe we'll come back at the end of the show and see if you remember that. Zip, I'm excited for this. I'm excited to, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know. I haven't decided if it's going to be date night with my mm-hmm. wife or if, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to take some of the kids with us to see it as well. But The movie's just, rated PG-13. Yeah, well, it'd be the older kids then. So yeah. that's good to know. Yeah. You yeah. know? Leo Severino says about 12 years old is about the, uh, the cutoff. Below that, it's a little... Uh, a little hard. I mean, her life was hard. I mean, life isn't easy. But uh, 12 and up, pretty yeah. good. Now you're making me feel old because I actually have kids old enough that I'm like, oh, you know, it used to be PG-13. Oh, that, that <laughs> rules out the kids. And I'm like, wait a minute. 
It doesn't rule them out anymore. You know? <laughs> so so the, the movie is Cabrini, matermedia.org, if you'd like more information on how you can go see the movie, uh, courtesy of the donors of Mater Media who have provided for all these tickets. That's the best way to get the information. Send Zip an email, and they will get you connected. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And you know what? Here's a challenge to all of you out there that are writers, to all of you out there that are musicians, uh, artists, whatever it may be. How are you going to use that talent? How are you going to use that artistic ability that God has given you to impact our culture for the better and help inspire others to live that life of holiness that we're all about here on Roadmap to Heaven? We are going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. A prayer to redeem lost time by St. Teresa of Avila. O my God, source of all mercy, I acknowledge your sovereign power. While recalling the wasted years that are past, I believe that you, Lord, can in an instant turn this loss to gain. Miserable as I am, yet I firmly believe that you can do all things. Please restore to me the time lost, giving me your grace, both now and in the future, that I may appear before you in wedding garments. Amen. As we continue to reflect upon the Stations of the Cross, we visit the third station, Jesus Falls the First Time. We adore thee, O Christ, and we praise thee. Because by thy holy cross thou hast redeemed the world. Consider this first fall of Jesus under his cross. His flesh was torn by the scourges, his head crowned with thorns, and he had lost a great quantity of blood. He was so weakened that he could scarcely walk, and yet he had to carry this great load upon his shoulders. The, soldier, the soldiers struck him rudely, and thus he fell several times in his journey. My beloved Jesus, it was not the weight of your cross, but the weight of my sins which made you suffer so much. By the merits of this first fall, save me from falling into mortal sin. I love you, O my Jesus, with all my heart. I am sorry that I have offended you. May I never offend you again. Grant that I may love you always, and then do with me as you will. So there is the exhortation, obviously, to, in looking at the fall of our Lord, praying that we ourselves don't fall into sin again. What I have found particularly comforting in this station and the other two stations that speak about our Lord's fall is the reality that the, the weight of the cross is such that it does bear down on us. The Lord himself, in carrying his cross, fell underneath the weight of it. But we know, obviously, he gets up and he continues to move forward. So not only is there an awareness, if you will, of our desire to not fall into sin again, but also an awareness that if we do buckle under the weight of the crosses that we're asked to carry, with God's grace, his strength, his intervention, his mercy, we can be lifted up to actually continue to carry them even further. People who know me know that my operative virtue in the spiritual life is not faith, hope, or charity. My operative virtue is perseverance. You have to simply endure. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. 
as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Lord Jesus crucified, have mercy on us. Vocation Prayer for Youth O Holy Spirit, Spirit of wisdom and divine love, impart your knowledge, understanding, and counsel to youth that they may know the vocation wherein they can best serve God. Give them courage and strength to follow God's holy will. Guide their uncertain steps. Strengthen their resolutions. Shield their chastity. Fashion their minds. Conquer their hearts. And lead them to the vineyards where they will labor in God's holy service. Amen. It's Monday, and that means we have a new theme here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement with Patty Schneier. And Patty, what is our theme this week? Well, I've been reading a book that you gave me, Adam, and it's called A Year with the Popes by Father Jeffrey Kirby. And it's fascinating. Learning about previous popes and reading some of their writings has been enlightening for me. First of all, when we learn church history, it gives us a new perspective. Things of the present day are put into a context, and that context is a 2,000-year history with many ups and downs. So each pope, in a sense, is just a page in a huge book. And honestly, many popes are forgotten in our collective memory. Most popes are a combination of light and darkness, just as we are, with great contributions right along personal flaws. So reading these entries gives me peace, actually. And in today's world, I think a little papal perspective is a good thing. So in reading A Year with the Popes by Father Jeffrey Kirby, I'm struck by how long the church must persevere in teaching the truth and admonishing evil that exists in the world and how often the church's teachings, especially on the dignity of the human person, fall on deaf ears. So today we're going to talk about Pope Eugene IV. Pope Eugene IV. He was the 207th pope. He issued a bull in the year 1435, condemning slavery. As slavery spread throughout the West and the New World, he issued a strong denunciation of the slave trade and the cruel treatment of Native peoples that surrounded it. 102 years later, Pope Paul III, has anybody ever heard of Pope Paul III? Well, he issued stronger teachings and admonitions because it was falsely believed at the time that human rights were bound to one baptismal state rather than one's dignity as a human being. Here's what Pope Paul III wrote. All Indians and people who may later be discovered by Christians are by no means to be deprived of their liberty or the possession of their property, even though they may be outside the faith of Jesus Christ. They may and should freely and legitimately enjoy their liberty and the possession of their property, nor should they be in any way enslaved. Thoughts on Pope Eugene IV and Pope Paul III. They kept at it. They kept at it. They showed the maternal care of the church for the most vulnerable. And this continues today with the issues of our day. It may take 100 or 200 or more years, but we must persevere in proclaiming the truth about the dignity of the human person. And although these particular men may not be well remembered, what they did 
formed a tapestry. What they did was perhaps one drop in the bucket, but it mattered in the long, hard-fought truth that slavery is wrong, which, of course, we take for granted today. Someday, our efforts will be that one drop in the bucket, proclaiming that every human life has value. The criminal, the terminally ill, the disabled, the unborn. Sometimes we just need to be reminded, stay the course. That's what these popes did. Pope Eugene IV and Pope Paul III. And that's what we must do as well. Stay the course. I didn't even know there was a Eugene the first, second, or third, let alone the fourth. But such great wisdom from both Pope Eugene the fourth and Paul the third. Thank you for sharing that with us today on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. We have been uh, rightly focused on Lent, uh, primarily over the last week and a half here on Roadmap to Heaven, before that is the season that we're in. However, I want to step out of the season of Lent for a moment and look ahead to this summer. We are in the third year right now of a national Eucharistic revival, and we are looking forward to the National Eucharistic Congress July 17th through 21st in Indianapolis, Indiana. You've heard us talk about it a few times here on the show. In fact, many times here on the show. We've talked about revival. We've talked about the pilgrimages. We've talked about the Congress. Today, I'd like to go back to the National Eucharistic Pilgrimage. And there are more details that have been coming out each and every day. And, of course, we're very grateful to the various dioceses that we are located uh, within broadcasting this program to you, sharing with us the details of what will be happening in those areas. Uh, But I'm happy to share that the National Eucharistic Revival recently released uh, pretty much the grand plan for the pilgrimage. And if you go to EucharisticPilgrimage.org or if you you go to EucharisticRevival.org, any of the three sites, there's tabs at the top. You want to make sure you've clicked on pilgrimage. But the easiest way is EucharisticPilgrimage.org. In our listening area, there are several things that are going to be happening beginning July 3rd in the Diocese of Jefferson City and then all the way through July 12th in the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois. And when we say a lot of things happening, I mean, every day is pretty much filled with things happening here, there, and everywhere. Um, It is quite, quite the list of events that are happening. And here's the coolest part about all of this. You can go and click on a map and see, you know, based on where you're at, what the closest thing is and what's going to be happening and how you can participate. Now, there are a lot of details that they're still sharing with us. And in fact, I, I just scheduled to go to a webinar this week, so I'll have even more information to share with you. But here's a pretty consistent theme. Whether it's in Jefferson City, St. Louis, Belleville, or the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois, there's going to be opportunities to just spend time with our Lord in Eucharistic adoration. There's going to be opportunities to have the highest form of prayer, the Holy Mass, to be in communion with our Lord through reception of Holy Communion and the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. 
There are going to be talks on the Eucharist. There are going to be talks from the perpetual pilgrims that are part of the Sarah route beginning all the way out in California and making their way in to our listening area. There are going to be family events. There are going to be service opportunities. It varies from location to location, um, but it is really quite incredible. And so this pilgrimage begins, just to give you some context here, this pilgrimage begins in San Francisco um, in May and is going to come all the way across the country. In fact, May 18th at the Mission Dolores Basilica in San Francisco. And from May 18th through July 12th, the pilgrimage will head, uh, culminating, I think, in the Effingham Teotopolis area, July 12th. And that's the last stop before the Congress July 17th. So check this out because, you know, we're already talking in our house about our summer vacation plans. Where do we want to go? When do we want to go? What do we want to do? And I, there are some things I want to plan around, and this is one of them. I want to be present at these events. How often do we get to be part of a pilgrimage? Now, you know, I'm not going to be a perpetual pilgrim walking the whole way from San Francisco to Indianapolis, but to spend some of those days or, or even just one of those days on pilgrimage with our Lord as he comes through the place I call home, how wonderful would that be? So check that out, eucharisticpilgrimage.org. We continue the second week of Lent, uh, inspired by the gospel we heard yesterday, the transfiguration of our Lord. And, you know, I, I can't fault Peter, James, and John. They, they got a glimpse of the glorified body of our Lord, they, uh, of what was in store, and they wanted to stay there. Let's not lose sight of that. You know, you and I may have not have seen it. You and I may have only heard. But what's, what's the same? Blessed are those who have not seen but still believe. Let's strive for that. As we were reminded earlier, don't settle for a cup of porridge. Deal with the hunger pains if that means you get to go to heaven. Do you really want to give up the prospect of heaven for just a, a fleeting satisfaction that in the grand scheme of things doesn't amount to much right now? No. No, you don't, and I don't, and we don't. And let's keep reminding each other of that in this season of Lent. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Again, those dates for the Eucharistic pilgrimage through our listening area coming into the Jefferson City, Columbia area on July 3rd, uh, departing the Diocese of Springfield July 12th, and in between stopping in Jefferson City, uh, Our Lady of Sorrows in Starkenburg, St. Charles, Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri, Belleville at Our Lady of the Snows and throughout Belleville, a cross-diocesan event with Belleville and the Diocese of Springfield. And then up to Quincy, to Springfield, to Effingham, and to Teotopolis before heading off to Indianapolis. There's a lot to check out. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Have a blessed day, and don't forget to pray your rosary today.